Welcome to this City Sessions edition of the Transforming Cities podcast. In a break from our typical long-form dialogue, each session aims to capture timely stories and sentiment around topics important to our friends and colleagues across the industry. Now, before jumping in, we want to highlight a simple way listeners can give to those in need. Right now, thousands of restaurant servers, busers, bartenders, and even app-based workers for Lyft, Uber, Instacart, and more are struggling. Most are grappling with the fact that their job simply no longer exists, at least in the short term. So consider impacting change in the lives of those who ensure our spaces are run smoothly by donating to the One Fair Wage Emergency Fund. Basically, right now, it's providing emergency cash assistance for this workforce in the hardest hit areas across the country. Simply visit their website for more information, tap the link in the show notes, and if you want to right now, visit ofwemergencyfund.org. We encourage you to give what you can. On this City Sessions episode, I'm joined by Leith Dumas, Vice President at the Opus Group, and Paul Hyde of Hyde Development. You know, most job sites are, are big enough to do that. But on the other hand, a piece of sheetrock is four feet, four feet wide. With construction being deemed an essential business in much of the country, we discuss how job sites continue to function in the current climate. We also touch on the velocity of certain product types, as well as the contractual fine print during this pandemic. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. Let's jump right in. All right, Paul and Leith, thanks so much for joining me today. Well, happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Good to be back. So, Paul, you know this. We've we've covered the basis uh, quite a bit over the last few weeks, the last month or so. Um, and today we wanted to focus a little bit more on the construction side of the, the real estate world. And let's start off with you there. When it comes to construction through the eyes of the developer, you know, what does that mean to you? especially right now and, and what are you seeing out there? Well, this is the construction is is the link between our dreams and the the reality of the project which provides the rental income to pay the mortgage, it provides a home for these businesses and tax base for these communities. And without it, without the men and women building these buildings, it's I'm just sitting there with a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And uh there couldn't be a more important group in making these projects come to reality. And the one thing that a developer always worries about is trying to lay off that construction risk. We don't want delays. We don't want costs to go over budget because that affects our financing. That affects the leases we're trying to get signed. And it's generally a point of, of great conversation and documentation between uh, ourselves, the contractor, and, and our lenders. And it's why it's so terribly important that you pick the right people to build your buildings, mm. is, is trying to lay off that risk. And then along comes COVID-19 and introduces something we've never seen before, or frankly, I think the documents never contemplated. Yeah, Leith, let's let's swing the mic over to you and get your take on what you're seeing out there on the front lines, how are you still building and running the job sites you're working on? Well, you know, there's uh, so obviously all contractors got stuck with a certain amount of jobs that are underway when these uh, when this hit. And you know, back to just to Paul's last comment there, you know, contractually, 
you know, there's always a, a time of completion and there's always a, a you know, a, a guaranteed price. And, and then there's always a provision in, in, in most of these contracts. Well, all of them, virtually all of them that, that has uh, what, what constitutes a, an excuse delay. And the typical list and the, the attorneys, you know, go pretty deep, you know, on their list of thoughts, you know, fire, unusual delays and deliveries and, Governmental action, God, public enemy, war. Uh, you know, there's some of these contracts have quite a list in them, mm-hmm. but there's no pandemic typically right. because it just wasn't considered. You consider the things that might actually happen. We actually had a a, a building we built down in Amarillo, Texas, and and uh, one of our guys we were going back and forth on the contract, and he he stuck cattle stampede in there. You know, it, it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't thought about uh, <laughs> we haven't thought about pandemics. So that that's uh, something that I think all contractors are going to have to get up to speed with. And then, is that an excuse delay or not? And you know, our position, of course, is it is. I mean, who could have ever conceived of it? So that's one thing that 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 we do. But as far as what we're doing, you know, we have to keep going. Construction in most states has been deemed an essential activity. And so we've instituted a lot of measures that frankly cover some of the risk, but not all the risk. Mm-hmm. Really quickly, I'm curious what some of those examples would be just kind of off the top of your head. Well, so we've instituted uh, quite a few, you know, just best practices and most of them are consistent with the uh, with the CDC recommendations. but. Uh, as they apply to construction, you know, we we try and keep people six feet apart. You know, most job sites are are big enough to do that, but on the other hand, a piece of sheetrock is four feet four feet wide. Right. So people do have to adapt. And can one guy lift a four by nine piece of sheetrock and put it on the wall himself? We're we're we're, we're still struggling through those kinds of things. But eating uh, staggered breaks. You know, uh, don't eat at the lunch table. Uh, everybody spreads out discouraging or, or banning non-essential visitors from the site, converting as many meetings as we can into virtual meetings. You know, some of these construction trailers are tiny mm-hmm. and you have a subcon- you have a, a foreman meeting. So you have to move that into the meet into the building and, and tr- try and spread out and still have those kinds of things. Hand washing, you know, finding the sanitizing materials was not easy. There was a run on that. So adding more biffies to the job that all got the little squirt bottle in them so people can spread out are all things that we've done. On one of the jobs over at, that we're working on right now over in St. Thomas, we put temporary sinks. The bathrooms weren't done, but we roughed in a couple of temporary sinks so that people could wash their hands. Mm. So those are the kinds of things that we've yeah, interesting. been uh, doing on job sites. Leith, in terms of the product types, um, you know, different products that are slowing down, staying about as they were before, or maybe anything that's actually speeding up or growing more quickly. What are you seeing in the landscape of, of construction in terms of those different types of products? Well, clearly, and, and I think maybe you guys have touched on this, but industrial is pretty, uh, we think industrial is going to stay pretty strong. There's, you know, a lot of e-commerce and some of those businesses are booming. We think multifamily is going to demand will stay strong once we get out of the recession. You know, it's there's going to who knows what the shape of the recovery is going to be. Could be a, a V shape. 
You know, there could be a, a Nike swoop. We're, we're just not sure mm-hmm. at this point, but we think multifamily is going to stay pretty strong. We've been doing a lot of that for the last few years, as everybody has. Senior living is another interesting topic. You know, a lot of the real problems in this pandemic have been in the senior facilities. So we think that's because of the demographics, and, and we think the demographics and the economics are fundamentally strong. We think we'll keep doing those. We think developers will keep developing. Paul, would be a better idea on you know, kind of some of this stuff that's going on. But there'll be changes in the operations to those product types and some slight design modifications, but we think they'll, they'll remain strong. Office space is a, is a real wild card. It hasn't been particularly you know, strong recently, but with the work at home, you know, people may find out that, and you know, uh, they may find out that they're, uh, this works pretty well. Right. Yeah. And so it could be that a lot of the, you know, the WeWork type uh, office spaces, because they're so densely populated, we're just not sure how that particular product might work. We did, we did a project in Uptown last year that one of the tenants that took four floors was WeWorks. So that'll be, that's got to shake out. We'll have to figure out what that kind of product looks like going forward. Something that we were chatting about before we hopped on here was this idea of, of just the general delays in construction with what's been going on the last few weeks, but then, but then also the costs associated to those delays. Paul, you know, kind of starting with you from a developer's perspective, obviously that's something that you want to avoid at at all costs, but but what are you seeing on your end for that? And then we can kind of shift over to to Leith and get his take. Yeah, what we've heard, fortunately, um, most of our industrial buildings are pretty simple, and a lot of the stuff's made on site. So our tilt-up panels, our concrete slabs, etc. Now uh, that's still on track. We've seen and have heard from folks with more complicated assemblies that need parts from China that have had some slowdowns there, getting materials. We've seen that with light fixtures in particular. And then we recently saw in Colorado, uh, with a project we have there, that the landscapers are having difficulty getting the labor because they can't get the labor in uh, from Mexico. And so their labor is 50% down under what they need to do the jobs. So now we're trying to figure out how do we install this landscaping over eight to 12 weeks instead of one to two? So that's, that's some early things, what we're seeing. Leith, how about you? What, what about on your end? Yeah, I, I'd agree with all that, Paul. The, the delays that we, we would see would be more on the, on the multifamily. For example, we got a project, a uh, student housing project down in Alabama right now. And you know, all those cabinets and the and the granite tops right. or, you know, a lot of that, the vinyl flooring is all from China. And so we had a little bit of a delay there. Fortunately, the materials were on the water, so we knew they would get here, but there were delays at the port because the port of Los Angeles was just closed down. So they brought the stuff around to Louisiana, to New Orleans, and now New Orleans has got all these problems. <laughs> But uh, we did get it. Uh, we, we we did get a shipment in, so we were able to keep going, and we're expecting another shipment next week. But anyway, the, anything that's that's coming from China or from places where there there have been impacts has been difficult. Another delay we just have is just the general loss of efficiency. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if if people are doing all this social distancing and they can't help each other lift a piece of sheetrock and 
uh, we have to sanitize all the tools before we can share them. And, you know, the entire job site protocol that's changed has, has, has led to a lot of losses in efficiency, cleaning and disinfecting. You know, all that causes us to delay the jobs. And in and by itself, maybe those things aren't terrible, but delay is a cost, you know? So for example, if you, if you're, uh, if you push the job closer into winter, now you got winter costs, you know, the lack of materials can do that. The, uh, the lack of labor is a problem. If kids are off school and now you can't get the labor because we've got a daycare problem and we've got people who can't come to work because they have to watch kids. We've had seen some of that. You know, and now you can't get your concrete pour off because you don't have the right size crew. You're missing people that pushes the pour and pushes the schedule. So the critical path impacts are real. And then that extends your general conditions, of course. You know, so now the job takes longer and you got to man the job longer. So there, there are real costs that we haven't quantified all of them, but they're there. And then the other thing that we've noticed is just, Less of a, of a direct cost is is the is the concept of team and project morale. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can't eat lunch together and and you and you have to stay six feet apart and 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 you got to be nervous whether that guy's got it or this guy's got it, it does cost less of cohesiveness on the job site, which is very important to efficiency. Well, it's something that you were mentioning before we jumped on, and I want to make sure we get to this, is, is this idea of general contracting at large and this idea that owners and, and operators and contractors, they're all going to have to kind of sort this out together in a way that's never been sorted before. You know, you kind of touched on this earlier in the, in the podcast about contractual um, conversations, but what are you seeing as as those conversations start to become the the reality given all of the the delays and the kind of new way of working with these owners and these GCs and and various contractors as they all kind of try to plug into this and and figure it all out? Well, one of the things that we're doing and 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 we're we've had conversations with you know a number of our current clients as to we're going to be late. We we think we we don't think we can we have the manpower or we don't think we have the materials, and you know our position is well that that is an excuse delay. Uh, it's going to fit into one of these categories: lack of materials or lack of labor or acts of God or, and and we haven't had a lot of pushback on that. But but you know hindsight being twenty uh, twenty, of course, you know we're already drafting the the provisions of our next contract, which will which will include uh, something very similar to uh, to health crisis impacts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, it will be something that going forward, Paul will see people asking him about in, when, when he negotiates these contracts because they truly are things that nobody can foresee. And if you're a developer, you really don't want your contractor pricing into every job every last thing on the planet that could go wrong because the chances are it won't go wrong. So somehow as an industry, uh, we'll have to kind of sort out how, how this works and, and how we can move forward. You know, particularly, I think, 
this is fresh in everybody's mind. And so, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about what do we see going forward and uh, what kinds of projects will go forward and what won't. And, and a big part of it will be, is this going to be coming waves? You know, until we get uh, some kind of a vaccine, are we mm. going to see waves of this coming? And will will projects, will owners uh, want to go forward not knowing if they can deliver to that tenant? Mm. Yeah. Uh, that's a great point. That's a really great point. Yeah, we haven't really touched on that. So this, yeah. this, it's funny. I would say that there's kind of two buckets to this. There's the stuff that you're under construction with, which... You know, you just got to finish it. Whether you're a week late or three weeks late, you just got to finish because mm-hmm. exactly. you need that building finished to be able to rent it. And whether it's three weeks late or a month late, you'll figure it out with a contractor. You got to finish it. The future stuff is what Leith's hinting at there. And Leith, we're seeing that in industrial RFPs now that uh, normally a tenant would say, especially the big guys, hey, if you're late, Every day you're late, we get two days of free rent or something like that. And I've just seen my first one that said, unless there's a coronavirus problem, then it's an excused delay. So I I think the answer is we're going to make sure that our tenants let us count corona or recurrence or something like it as an excused delay on our delivery so that when we go talk to Leith about building the building, He's got the same provision in his contract, and we're all we're all working from the same sheet of music. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. So that'll be important. And this idea that the the we don't know yet, but the cyclical nature of the virus itself. You know, we don't know if it's going to come back later this summer into the fall. We don't know what those waves will look like. So I think that'll be maybe one of the more unspoken parts of this whole puzzle as it plays out across the commercial real estate industry, how do these things start to lock up or slow things down? And then, you know, what are those terms and, and how do they play into those ebbs and flows? If, if that is something that ends up playing out. Yeah, yeah. we're going to, yeah. we have to, the same way we're working it out now. And we've talked about this on other podcasts, whether it's the tenants with rent relief or the banks we're going to have to have the same situation with future tenants and and the people building the buildings so that we can keep building uh, and just be able to manage that flare up or slow down if that if that happens the other thing is you know i think people will we've had a lot of there's a lot of nervousness on job sites about about working and you know what what i kind of tell people is you know there's a that, that we all have this personal obligation to to ourselves and our families is whether we're going to show up or not and work and take this risk. But we didn't, we do want, you know, construction has been called an essential business and we do want to keep building. And uh, we, if we close down the industry, it'll be very hard to start it back up until all these waves are through. So once someone makes a personal decision, I think one of the things that we emphasize is that we, we all have a collective responsibility to each other. You know, if you're sick, you've got to stay home because there's no visible manifestation of this. It's really part of that teamwork and looking after each other on the job sites, you know, to say we have a collective responsibility to each other. If I'm sick, I'm going to stay home. And if I stay home, I'm going to stay home five days and, and either have a doctor's certificate or I'm going to have 
no no fever for for a minimum of five days. So those kinds of things are probably the way the industry has to move forward. You know, a lot of trust uh, working together, or we won't be building in these kind of environments. Mm. Leith, I think that's a a great uh, closing statement and 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 a perfect sentiment for the topic of construction. Now that we're about a month into the into the virus, and now I think looking forward into the next month and what's to come. And I want to thank you both for joining me today and offering just a quick snapshot, bit of insight to the listeners on the construction front. So Leith and Paul, thank you for joining me today. And we'll be sure to link to your uh, websites for more information about the work that both of you are doing. So so thank you again. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Transforming Cities is brought to you by Authentic Form and Function the digital design and development team that just might be a perfect fit for your next urban project. If you're a new listener, you can follow along at authenticff.com slash transforming cities, or you can simply subscribe through your favorite apps, including iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Thanks for joining us.